Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Bucks wrap up their first off-season under new coach Bruce Arians with their final mandatory minicamp workout this morning. What have we learned about the 2019 Bucks team before they begin training camp at the end of next month? And why are so many Bucks fans quick to turn on Gerald McCoy? And is Ndamukong Su the answer or just a Band-Aid? And is the secondary or the defense, for that matter, fixed, as Bruce Arians has claimed? We talk all things Bucks as we wrap up the offseason in a roundtable discussion with myself, Times columnist Martin Fenley, and my buddy cop, beat writer Eduardo Encina on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, you know it's hot outside, and that means you're running your AC all the time, and that means your electric bill is climbing well over $300 in some cases. That's just too much money. So if you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bill, please listen to me now. May Electric Solar. That's right. They're a locally owned company, and May Electric Solar is the safest solar available. It doesn't use high voltage like many of the other companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor. They have a full showroom. You can see their products, and they're open weekdays. Now, May Electric Solar has been around for 12 years. They've earned a great reputation with their customers and peers. There's many other solar companies imitating them and trying to use their great name. But remember, they don't use subcontractors and they do not subcontract for any company in any way. Everyone knows it has to be May all the way. So stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills. Start saving now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. If you call right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing to solar energy through 2019. Call the real May Electric at 727-819-2862. All right, so we're here inside the, uh, what do they call this place now? It's not one buck place. It's the Advent yeah, it's got Healthcare wood Center, whatever. It's not the woodshed. By the way, have you been by the woodshed? Like there should be like, a, I know they're not going to put Leroy Selman's statue there, but like Martin remembers this and I know Ed does too. Um, that place is now, there's no... There is no um, visible sign that, that they won a Super Bowl in this patch of land outside of 36 right and, and the runway. But it's now a staging area for cabs and buses. Have you for seen the this? Airport. Yeah, for, for the, the airport. airport. Absolutely. I think that's a criminal. I think they should do something and go over there and like commemorate well, okay. a Super Bowl was once won no, know, practicing yeah. on this pitch, peach of grass. All right, let's not make it into the World War II memorial. Though. I mean, they won a Super Bowl, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. I mean, Actually, compared this to this room, place, this is nice. Wood, I think Skinner cut his last album in this room. Yeah, this room, this, this room. I mean, it's like, it has fall wood. It's like a, it's like a set. It's it kind of nice. If you guys could just only tour this building, but we're in a, we're in one of the uh, many interview rooms here. I one did once place. the day they opened it. Did I you? I got lost and I wound up on the second floor, and I had a security <laughs> person who I'm sure, who escorted me out roughly, as I recall. He didn't want me to see all the secrets. There were so many, as you know. I still haven't They're seen the whole building. There is a room in this building where Mark Dominic took us, and it was uh, like a library slash archive. I don't even know where it was. I could never find it again. But he took us up there because he wanted to let us know 
that they were firing the offensive coordinator, Jeff Jagosinski, after 10, 10 days before the season opener. <laughs> Hell like, of a run. Hell of a run. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, as we sit here, uh, Gerald McCoy is, uh, you know, flying his bat wings in, at uh, Bank of America Stadium. And we've all written about him being released here, signing with, uh, you know, the Panthers. And now Indomitian Sioux is wearing number 93. Just want to get from both of you sort of what your take is. I, I've I've kind of go back, back and forth. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Bucks deciding that they, he wasn't worth $13 million. I don't think that – I think the nature of pro sports is you're going to have change. Right. Having said all that, it seemed like a clumsy way to Absol- part with a nine-year veteran. Absolutely. Don't you agree? Edward, yeah, no. I think clumsy is actually the perfect Great word. perfect adjective to describe it. Just that at every turn they kind of, you know – Lack of a better term, fumbled over their feet yeah. with it, you know, and and there was a there was a right way to do this. The rightest way may, may have been to move McCoy last year, although they were we were living under the uh, toxic culture of we're three and three right around the corner, and maybe they were, but that would have been the time because I actually think Nadam Kansu is just a big, as talented as he is, and as great as he can be when he wants to be, is a tire patch. I think this covers the Bucks tracks a little bit for we let the most a, a true leader, a guy who's been a good player, sometimes a great player, a leader, played through injuries, did that. We kicked him to the curb for nothing, nada, zero. They got nothing for this guy. So the suit to me is, is the makeover. He's not, not going to be a bad one. It's just a question of is he going to be, is he going to be the guy here? Talented guy, but I, I don't know if it's the right way for them to go. But and I, I'll still wonder that. I, maybe maybe when Matt Ryan is on his back in a game where Cam Newton is, I'll, I'll feel differently. But until then, I'm thinking, what are they doing here? Well, I mean, as far as the pass rush goes, I mean, he's only had four and a half sacks in each of the last two years. So it'd be ridiculous to think that you would expect him to be better than, in that area at least, better than Gerald. And he played next to the defensive player of the year. They had 20 and a half with the Well, he had it made Rams. last year. He kind of, he didn't go through the motions, but he was kind of, Downshifting all season, then the postseason he stepped. But he, up. he came on. But I see that to me speaks to Sue though. This guy is very smart. You know that you've talked to him. Oh yeah, he's intelligent. He's yeah. a sharp guy. I mean, he chops it up with Warren Buffett. <laughs> um, so he's not. You know, he knows what he's doing, and he's probably smart enough to know this is when I go hard. This is when I don't go hard. My problem is, what's he going to tell himself if these guys are four and nine? Mm. And he's 32, and I've been here and done this, and I'm getting my money. What's what's he going to do? That's that's the, the the 10 million dollar question. Yeah, what, what's he what's he going to be thinking when they just got it handed to him when they're coming back from from LA, or right. when they're coming back from London, and then thinking to himself, you know, Rick, we talked about this a lot. Is you know, the story you wrote about you know the motivation of even playing, you know, this year. He doesn't need to, and you know, no, the, the, the idea that, that uh, you know, like you said, he he, he said to uh, you know, he's. He made it very, very pointed when he talked to us. Like you know, I feel that when, when, when it's time for me to you know right. to play and, and and show what I can do, I can I can do it. I so, don't know if that's a great message to send yeah. to younger players on this defense. Guys, go hard when you want to go hard. I don't know if that's going to be, and it might not work out that way. All I know is when when the Rams picked him up, it was I thought it was a great move. Just one of those pieces. He fit. I, I did. I thought the. In the context of where the Bucks are, I don't think it's the perfect fit. But now let's face it; I think that one of the reasons that, that he's here is because they believe that he fits this defense a little bit better than Gerald too. Is that you know there's money involved, there's sure you know, a lot of other things involved, but the, the, the notion that they feel that he can play across that front, 
in different different ways, different techniques. And maybe this answers the eternal Gerald McCoy and Ang Han Su taste test. You know, I remember when, on draft day, part of me was like, all things being equal, I'll take the guy with the edge. That was a consensus. We yeah. were at the draft. I was with you yeah. uh, next to you when you were doing the... Uh... Yeah, I was the guy everyone was asking, why are you here? I, I do remember that. I said, is there any more, is there any more caramel corn? Yeah. No. Hard hitting reporting at a Radio City Music Hall. Radio yeah. City Music like one of the last ones I had there. But um, but yeah, it was it, it was going to be Sue, McCoy, McCoy, yeah. Sue. And, you know, Gerald was the one that, that you know, bear hugged the commissioner. And now everybody does right. that, right? And Absolutely. we kind of knew we had a different guy. I'll just wrap this up on, on McCoy, who I know that everybody, at least on Twitter, half of them that, that at me um, think that we, we're way too obsessed with this. But I've done this for a minute, and, I've, I, and we've seen a lot of guys that have made five or more Pro Bowls leave here, and they didn't hand their jerseys away to a guy that, while he has a resume, has got a one-year deal. Um, but for some reason, Gerald McCoy brought out this vitriol that I never quite understood because – I guess I mean I I know he's not Warren Sapp and that hurt him. Yes. Uh, I know that he became the face of futility because he was the guy, the longest tenured player besides Demar Dotson, who gets a hall pass by the way. Um, no, I, I'm just. Uh, yeah. But but you know, like something about Gerald McCoy, uh, people love to heap the blame on him, yes. and I've never quite because uh, here's a guy that all he does is everything in the community, right? Unbelievable. Uh, and, and stood up there, and because we came to him and said, hey, Gerald, you've been here the longest. What's wrong with this right. team? Or what do you think of the new coach? Or should the old coach be fired? He's had he, to stand over a grave. Right. For that's a great analogy. A tough, tough job. Um, I, I, I guess my problem with this whole thing overall is, yeah, his, he was making more money and all that stuff, but his contract wasn't this onerous thing. I mean, if you manage your salary cap even remotely well, this isn't a problem. Second, for a team that leads planet Earth in setting bad precedents, this is a bad precedent. This is a guy who played very well, sometimes really well, mm-hmm. a pro bowler, a community guy, and you, kick, you essentially kicked him to the curb. And I don't know if I'm a free agent out there if I'm thinking about that. Obviously, Sue didn't, but I'm not sure if that's... Well, you certainly wonder what Levante David is thinking. Right. What's going to no, happen? I'm, I'm definitely next next year when my contract's not guaranteed. Or if you're Devin White in four years from now. You know, right. like... Or O.J. OJ Howard's a perfect example. Two years from now, I would have... I've thought of this to myself. But maybe I would have saved up some of that Sue money and saved it for him and jumped the gun on him and signed him before this becomes the throwdown where we, we can't sign... Listen, this, this team... Quan Alexander and Adam Humphreys, which are two, to me, should have been points of pride for this team. Mm-hmm. Points of pride. We raised them from pups. Look at them. Gone. With, without a blinking of the eye. I mean, There's no choice in those matters either because they, the kids, they couldn't afford they either one. They, can't afford their draft, they can't afford their draft picks. This, this has been a completely mismanaged franchise, and this is what comes up. It's, it's a tough double to be awful and have no cap space. I mean, the Browns have cap. The Colts did. Remember? Colts have more now than any team in the league. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, a, it's a tough double to pull off, but the Bucks have managed to do it in true Bucks fashion. It is funny, though, when you talk about GMC, about how, you know, the, there is no, there's no in-between no. from the fans. No. 
There's, there's, there. You either love him or hate him. Hated him, and you know, I think to a certain extent, you guys saw saw this, saw him a lot more than I did, especially up close. Is that you know, as as the losing piled up, and he became the face. I think the fans, in a lot of ways, didn't like that that he did it with a smile on his face a lot of times. You know, and we saw him when he was torn up. You know, I remember they didn't want him running around in Superman and kimonos. I mean, they didn't like that. They didn't. They didn't want that. They wanted a little bit of edge. I think that you know, this is. Maybe getting Sue as a part of, of, of that. I think the, the fans who like the Sue signing look at it that way. But um, And there are fans who like the signing. Right. And and so but but they didn't they didn't like the the display that, that he did everything kind of with a smile on his face. Like I said, I remember the game in Baltimore where he was really, really beat up that game, you know, and, and he knew that it was the end. You know, he knew then. That was week what, fourteen? Yeah. He I think at that point he knew this was the end for him. You know, and even maybe even sooner. But um well, now he gets to come back. Yeah. Well, he gets to come back, and you know, no one goes into Wembley. <laughs> the Bucks. Or Tottenham. Tottenham. Yes, Tottenham. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's easy to pile on McCoy when they're out the door. I mean, it's been too much of a fashion to me in this town. Oh, he's, he's not this. He's yeah. not that. You know, it wasn't his fault where he was drafted or the back one where they were giving crazy contracts out. 50 million guaranteed. Right. Yeah, the last fault. year. I'm not sure if it's his fault he's made $150 million. You know, I'd like that to be my fault that I made 150 million. I've never understood why people, like, other than you're a fan that pays the ticket, and I get that, but, like, why people um, really care that somebody has paid a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like, right. how does that affect you beyond whether you choose to go to the game or not? Sure. Um, that's sort of the way it goes. But, but Gerald, just, just to finish on this, I mean, I think Gerald had that personality uh, in – some of the things he'd been through his life where he knew that it was a game, it was his job, he took it seriously, but there are bigger things in his life. You know what I mean? And I think fans just in general, they lose, they want you to suffer. They want you to go home and be as miserable as they are. But it's a job. Like when you have a bad day at at work, and we all do, you try your best not to take it home with you. I think that's what McCoy did. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I mean, you know, shake hands with the guy across from you because maybe you played college ball or maybe you right. saw him at the NF at, at the Pro Bowl. But if you've lost and they just kicked your teeth in and you're smiling, shaking hands, no, 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 we don't want that. We want, you know, we There's want something different. There's a lot of fans in this market that, that, that feel that I, I think really do think they feel that way. That like we we see it, we see it on social media four hours after a game. Fans are wearing it. You know, yeah, they 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 feel that pain and. Well, I'm sorry. That's part of pro sports. You know, I'm sorry if he didn't have blood in his stool after some of these (laughs) losses. But I got to tell you, you know, Rick hit on it. The professionals. In fact, that's why I don't think the whole Sue dirty player. This temperamental, yes, maybe dirty at times. But I'm thinking, I got to tell you, that's that's somewhat superfluous to these guys. It is. Case in point, Evan Smith. You talk to Evan about it. I mean, I mean, there was no worse example no. of Damakon of Sue crossing that, that was proverbial line worst. in a sport that is brutal than when he stomped on him on Thanksgiving yeah. Day. That was an ugly Absolutely. thing. Pushed his head into the turf and then stomped. Right. He, yeah. You know, I'm not saying these guys are going to be best buds, but Evan Smith's smart enough. And granted, what else is he going to say? He's trying to hold on to a job. And if it means shaking hands with the devil, so be it. But <laughs> having said that, 
you know, they're, they're pros. They're professional football players. They try to kill each other, and then they shake hands. They go to Pro Bowls together. They laugh about the contracts they have together. Yeah. yeah it's, it's all the same They game, share right? agents. Sometimes yeah. their families I mean, are by the pool. Nike, and... They go on Nike tours together, golf tournaments, all this stuff. Yeah. I, I think the whole thing about Sue and the way he plays. Look, there are guys in this league, I can't think of any in this building, who've been accused of violence, sexual assault. Tyreek Hill has been accused of breaking a five-year-old's arm. And we're worried about Ndamukong Sue, how, how he plays after the whistle. Come on. We, we have to have some perspective here of what, what is what. Yeah. Well, um, I just got done talking to Bruce Arians, and, and they have one more practice or, or a movie or whatever they're going to do tomorrow. I'm really not sure. Uh, at, this would be the time of year when, speaking of Joe McCoy, would have the Kona ice truck out there ready, ready to hand <laughs> would, out yeah. you know, snow cones. But no one's getting a snow cone that I know of tomorrow. Um, what have you made sort of of, of this off season in, 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 in what, what BA, what the BA sort of um, impact has been on this football team so far? I mean, we won't know until they start playing, obviously, but certainly he has tried to, to put his stamp on things. I, I think one thing that stands out and we've talked about a lot is, you know, there is uh, a little bit different culture. You know, there's, there's this uh, a new wave of of competition and, and that he's kind of instilling and whether that's because of you know the, the way he does it with this you know maybe like the Vernon Hargraves thing that we we talked mm-hmm. about or or maybe it's it's the way that he has these two fields set up as practice fields and you know there's a, almost a sense of a a varsity and a JV very much so. um that that you know he th- this is the way he's going to motivate guys and and this is the way he operates. You know, we, he we, is. I, I mean, the way he operates, him, yeah. the way he talks to all four hundred coaches on his staff. <laughs> he's, no, it's great. He's the guy's a pro. I mean, let's face it. The coaches, the head coaches, have been here for whatever it says. Dirk Cutter, you know, Shoshanshano, well earned nickname. I'm Club Raheem. On We've gone through everything here. <laughs> Club this Raheem. guy we know knows what he's doing. And and that's a that's a it should be a Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm not sure if it's going to be very comforting. But it is refreshing. Starts. If they're all in two after four days, well, it's yeah. you know, a little bit different kind of thing. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to start hanging out at the emergency overhang, but I, I do worry about how committed Bruce is. But... I like the way he rolls. I like the way he speaks. When you say rolls, you mean in a golf cart. <laughs> well, he wasn't in the golf Let's He was not in the golf cart the last two days. Well, I saw him out there. They can't get the golf cart in the indoor, I don't think. He got outside. Look, I'll wind up in the hospital for Bruce Arians. Let's face it. <laughs> well, he's old school. You know what's funny? Doctor about- who hates my column, too. Yeah, I, I think you need a CAT scan. For for as we should all get physicals before we do this job like he did. Precautionary colonoscopy. Maybe we would pass with a C as he did. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, for all his, uh, you know, the Kangol hat and uh, sort of, hey, baby, how you doing? Cool. He's really not just an older coach. He's old school. Like, you got to keep remembering, this guy coached with Bear Bryant. Like his. Yeah, I mean, I think he didn't. 
quote Coach Brown. That's his yeah, role today. model. Yeah, like his whole motto is, you know, coach him hard, love him, love, uh, hug him up later. You know, and and even the two practices, which he mentioned to you, Ed, that that, that was, you know, Bear Bryant had 250 players, so he had four. four He'd go up yeah. in the big tower. I'm waiting for them to erect the wooden the tower. tower in the middle of, of, of the practice fields. Um, but, you know, that's that's sort of the way he rolls. And attitude and the toughness and the whole sort of creating an edge, whether there's one or not, is exactly Bear Bryant to a T. You know, he would challenge guys – Make them uncomfortable, and and then of course hug them up later. Right. But but they won, so it was easy to hug them. Right. And the question, point. I mean, and you talk to him is, what kind of role? I mean, is he really going to run the offense? Because that's what a lot of us wondered: is this going to be a Bruce Arians offense? Is this going to be this? Is this? What is his offense? I mean, it's like you know, uh, once you have the recipe for Coke, I don't have to sit there and watch every bottle roll off the display. I mean, like pretty much. <laughs> He's put the ingredients in, and these he, are his guys. Too. These his are his, and these are his coaches, right. which I don't think he coaches if he doesn't. You don't think get, he comes back and, yeah. unless he gets the majority of these guys, and now he's actually got what thirty of them. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't. But I do think it's a different Arians than what Arizona got, and that's what's going to be interesting. You know, he turned around uh, the Arizona Cardinals first year ten wins, second year uh, you know uh, twelve wins or eleven wins, third year twelve wins, NFC Championship. That was an unbelievable – because Arizona, both as the state and the franchise, is as close to Tampa Bay as you could, yeah. you could possibly get sure. uh, in terms of heat, transplants, you know, all that. So if he could do it there – but this is not – he's not going to be doing exactly the same role that he had there. He was much more hands-on with the offense, but he trusts Byron Leftwich. He trusts Clyde Christensen. He's going to trust his guys and be more – I think of a COO coach, but he's still got the headset. He's still going to decide whether you punt or go for it on fourth down. Um, and he's still the tone setter for the entire, you know, like I said, the recipe hasn't changed, you know. Right. It's still the same thing, and his guys understand that. So, I don't know. They will uh, read from the same play sheet. No yeah, doubt. exactly. And, you know, the one thing with Bruce, I wonder, I mean, one of the, the knocks on him, I remember, when he was coordinating whatnot, was that he tends to get his uh, quarterbacks uh, – What's the word I'm looking for? Murdered. Um, you know, and that maybe is old school. Send five guys out. Sending five guys out is no problem as long as you've got five guys in the block. Yeah, the problem and is, that when, remains they, is when they rush more than five and, and you don't have anybody in there but the quarterback and the five guys blocking. So one is free and he's bearing down on, sure. on your quarterback Sometimes on every play. Sometimes the problem is if you rush four against the Bucks five. Well, which remains true. A I know they've thrown tens of millions of dollars at it, but that's still a major question. Yeah. I have a lot of major questions about the Bucks. I can poke a lot of holes in this team and go, we still don't know about the quarterback. One minute he's this, one minute he's wackadoodle. I'm not sure if Peyton Barber would start at running back for 31 other NFL teams. I'm not sure for all the money, just by throwing money in an offensive line doesn't make it better. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what Devin White's going to do with the linebackers. They have a cast of thousands at secondary. But Young guys. Yeah, there's, there's a cast of thousands on, on Titanic. But they I mean, they fixed crazy. it, though. <laughs> they, they, it's been fixed. It's fixed. What are we talking about? Where are we eating? You know, it's fixed. What, is there a problem here? Is there something you guys don't understand? It's fixed. Um, I fix things. The defensive line without Jason Pierre-Paul. When is he going to be back? Do we even? Well, know? I talk. You know, every time I say this, I remember the old uh, Will McDonough from NBC Sports. Bob, I talked to Bruce Arians, and he told me. <laughs> uh, he told me that, um, and I've known this, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul has a cervical fracture, which sounds, if you're a football player, 
don't get me near a field. You know what I mean? Like right. to me, uh, it would be like, I mean, I literally have a helmet in life, you know, right. hoping that, that uh, and, and but he's supposed to be reevaluated in a week, 11 weeks after the accident, which would be about five or six weeks from now. If it checks out and that bone, whatever that fracture is, is healed, then uh, Bruce has said, you know what, realistically, October before, because you want to be careful. He's got to come back a certain way. He wouldn't have a training camp or preseason. And so he would be on the non-football injury list, and you could take a number of weeks, if not a month, to get him ready. So I don't know if they're, you know, if they're two and four, is he coming back? Like if they're right. four and two, for sure. Um, let's just say I don't think you, you, you know, you, you count him out. I mean, the man has been through an right. awful lot and right. ma- managed to play when half his hand was blown right. off. He's very resilient. And another thing is, you know, he would occupy some of the double teams that are now going to fall on Sue. I think it's going to, you know, Sue, like I said, had it easy. Aaron Donald was picking all, up all the doubles and triples. Well, guess what? You think. They're coming at you. Him or, or Vita Vea. So we'll see what Vita Vea is all about, um, you know, before before too long. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Winston a minute ago, and here's my theory about Jameis. I mean, he's got good enough weapons in Mike Evans and Howard and Brait and all right. those guys. And, and, and the turnovers um, – has been a story, but I, I think Jameis has gotten better each year. Maybe not so much last year because last year was sort of a weird season where he missed the first three games on suspension then tried to compete with Fitzmagic and then, right. you know, Cutter worried about his job and benched him and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but I don't, I don't think this season is really on their quarterback. I mean, as much as that will be the story that we will write and, and you know, it's his last year under contract and they're paying him $21 million – I think it's going to be whether or not they can stop anybody. I mean, last year... The offense has not been the problem. It's not been the problem for a number of years. I mean, Dirk Cutter would still be coach here if it were just just the offense. I mean, he got fired because of Mike Smith and his reliance on him and devotion to him, and that's why he's back in Atlanta calling plays, and Mike Smith is out of football. But, look, James... I mean, this, this offense was third in the league. They were the number one passing offense a year ago. Really, all the play... All they can do is go down... Uh, or only up two more spots, but not up in passing. So he's going to be he's going to do what he has to do. Uh, you know, last year they would have had to say, "Hey, Jameis, go out and get us thirty. We have a chance because we're giving up twenty nine a game. So if you can get us thirty, we have a shot." I think I think this is all on Todd Bowles and what he can get out of his defense and what magic he has. Yeah, don't let them score thirty points. Yeah, give us a chance. Well, let's let's think about the narratives that last season included, which was. You know, falling behind big early, and you know whether it was Jameis or Fitzpatrick leading them back and, rally. and having some really close games at the end. You know, what I mean, like yeah. one the, score the, games, but that's yeah. the NFL, though, right? Right, sure. But at the same time, it's like you can look at it two ways. One, you can look at like all those numbers are inflated because you know they were coming back and it was a pass game and everything like that. But at the same time, like it'd be interesting to see how this team does if they play the kind of games that are. You know, played where you know they're they're close and they're they they don't have to come back from you know multiple scores and you know they can just play consistent some level of consistent football defensively and and what that offense can do if that's if that's sure. the case and we're we're way past the point of image makeovers here that ship has 
sailed. It is now on the other side of the world. And we, the sooner we deal with this is about, can you do the job? And there are times when I think, yes, he can. There are times I think, what the heck is he doing out there? And that might never change. He, this story might go on and on. For all we know, he might get franchise tagged. This could go on. I actually, and on if you and on. If, if you were going to ask me, you know, with some significant amount of money or mm-hmm. something to wager, uh, and I'm not a betting man, but if you told me yes or no, Jameis Winston is the quarterback next season, I say yes. He's always he to me. Your quarterback oh. is always your quarterback until you have another option. Right. And they don't listen for all Ryan, Fitz, you know, whiz bang every la- last year. There, there was a reason he was Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. which I think we'll discover this year. I don't think the Bucks have another option. You, you might think that's their fault. But it, let's say they went through this year and they couldn't get the third, fifth, or sixth pick. The quarterbacks are out there. Yeah. Be a Tua or the kid from Oregon. Then they're in the same thing. This, this story might not be ending this year. Let's just understand that. Yeah. And, and it bothers me. It probably shouldn't bother us. There are people who are never going to like Jameis Winston for good reasons in their minds. Occasionally for good reasons in my mind. But that doesn't mean he can't be a an NFL quarterback. And the key is his one-loss record. You win in this league. If your team wins, you're a good quarterback. I mean. But that but but guys like Tom Bassinger, who we know does a lot of analytics, and others say that the winning the winning should not be the judge of a quarterback. Which I think I, all I know it's is It's unfair. But you know what? That's what the money is for. <clears throat> well, and, and Sorry. really, I mean, the great ones are judged by how much they win in the postseason, and yeah, this right. team can't even get there. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you know, let's baby steps here. Let's see if you can get to the postseason and then build your legacy on what kind and of – What's, what's Jameis' record as a quarterback? Yeah, I understand it's not all on him. Yeah, but it's 10, 10, 12 games under 500, I would imagine. I don't, I don't really have it in front of me. If he was 10, 12 games over 500, we wouldn't be having this conversation, even though we probably should, given some of his extracurriculars. But we – Martin, and you know this – We've lived uh, through, you know, this being the cradle of quarterbacks where guys, you know, leave here and then the confetti falls on them in some other city. Sometimes in Tampa, if you're the Baltimore Ravens and you're, you're Trent Dilfer, <laughs> Steve Young became a most valuable player. Yeah, he sat behind Joe Montana and had Bill Walsh in San Francisco. Doug Williams won a Super Bowl. I mean, there's never been a, a quarterback who made it to a second contract. Which is unbelievable. No, so I think that's one of the more even if Jameis Winston leaves here, he will be a quarterback in the NFL and probably a starting one someplace. But who knows? What do you have that's better? I mean, nothing. And maybe that's their fault, but that's the way it is. Yeah. I just, I just think you know, Ed. I think you're going to this. They're dedicating a statue to Leroy Sullivan. Yeah. We got to put it out of our heads. This is not about. Nobody's going to build a statue to Jameis Winston. It's not happening. They might. Um, they're not going to ask him to pose for it, you know. We'll name a freeway after him. Or name a freeway after him. Maybe they'll take photographs, and let's just hope it's not front and side. Um, but perhaps, it, you know, but we're, we're way past that. Just go out, play, and to win. a certain extent, yeah, yeah. I mean. Go play, win. Just or put your team in winning situations. situations where but he's done win. that. There are times, he hasn't done it consistently enough, I would say that. But there has been times when he has given them the lead in the fourth quarter that they could not hold. I still go back to the defense. Like mm-hmm. they, you know, it's ironic that we sit here you know, in Tampa where they were only known for defense, and now that you have an offense, you can't stop anybody. But that's sort of why 
uh, Todd Bowles and all those guys are here. You mentioned Selman. I'll get us out on this. They are going to erect a statue. I'm surprised one hasn't been done yet. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not something that you think about until they say, I mean, hey, we're building a statue. I mean, I'm sure. Heck, you know, I'm I, mean, I almost built one out of mashed potatoes. A little <laughs> I mean, but well, I mean, Leroy Selman. He is the coin of the realm in Tampa Bay. Sports, not football. He's right. Yeah. Still the guy. He's still up there in the clouds, and nobody's going to get up there in the clouds. But yeah, it is a little surprise. And I don't know where it's going to be. Is it? Is it? I think it's part of it is that it is connected to the, the you know, the expressway and. and 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 everything like that. So I think part wait, of it it's is, like off a highway. It's being done by yeah. the transportation administration. It's not so under it's the like, highway, is it? I think it is under the highway. Okay. You can ask yourself why there isn't one right out here in front of Raymond James, right? right? That's Absolutely. Where, that's, where, that's what they need. That's to where start the important doing. statues go. Yeah. In front of stadiums. Right. Do the Bucks have a statue in front of the stadium? Mm, I don't. They got Buccaneer it. Beach. They got a ship in the end zone. I haven't seen any statues. Have you? I don't think so. Well, that's where I mean Baltimore. Hey. It's where you put the Johnny U statue. That's where you. Well, they have a Ray Lewis statue. There. That's a that's a great point. Yeah, there should I mean, have been a statue for, for Leroy a long, long time ago. One thing that gets overlooked about Leroy was his. I mean, he brought football to USF. I mean, he was their ambassador. Did. I remember that meeting he had with us. I'm sure he did it at the Tribune at the time when you were there, Martin. Where he came in and said, "We want to start a football team at USF," and everybody looked at him like, "Okay, like you know, it didn't work at the University of Tampa, right?" And you know. But son of a gun, like his legacy goes beyond what he did with the Bucks, And he's still, to me, he's still, you know, I know Derek Brooks is Mr. Buck and Warren Sapp's the first ballot guy. But when you consider he was the first player ever taken, endured 0-26 and took that group to one game, you know, nine points of a Super Bowl uh, and only played eight years and still made it to the Hall of Fame. That's quite a career. I mean, that he's still, and for all he was off the field too, like, and I, nothing against Derek, who does a tremendous job and you know has a school and all that, and and all those guys. But still hard. If people didn't know Leroy Selman, didn't understand what he meant to this area, and and what he how he represented the Bucks, I I still think he you could argue he's the greatest Buck of and, all time. And, and that's a lot of ways why you put these statues in front of stadiums. It's so it, it carries on to the next generation. People go, who is that? Yeah, it's a little kid who knows nothing about it goes up and, and his dad tells him, grandfather, whoever. And bring it back him, to Gerald McCoy, always oh, too nice. Was there ever, I mean, Doug Williams told me that he used to get on Leroy when Leroy would help people up. Did he what really? You, yeah, what are you doing, Leroy? We're, we're owing. Oh, uh, <laughs> and cool. Leroy would go, oh, man, I can't. You, know? <laughs> you can be nice and a Hall of Famer at the same time. Yeah. You know, so we'll, we'll see what kind of edge Sue brings. And I'm, That's a great way to bring it all full circle. I'm a full circle kind of guy, Ed. Actually, I often write in circles and talk in circles. Yeah, well, I'm a little more rectangular, and so we're going to end this. And thanks to uh, Ed and Cena, Martin Fenley, guys, this has been fun. We got to do it more often. But did you know uh, he, ra- he, ra- he said Ed and Cena, and then his voice rose when he said my name? I'm just saying. Well, you are a columnist. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that very lively discussion about the Bucks. I'll be at the final minicamp workout this morning along with Eduardo Encina. You can follow all the news on TampaBay.com. The Rays finished their series with the Tigers in Detroit this afternoon at 1.10 p.m. before heading to Fenway Park in Boston to take on the Red Sox for a series over the weekend. We'll also have former Times columnist and my former radio partner Tom Jones of the Pointer Institute with me on Friday as well. And folks, 
Remember, uh, I know it's hot outside. Your electric bill is is going skyrocketing, I'm sure, as mine is right now. Stop the insanity of all these out-of-control electric bills. You can start saving now just by calling May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. If you do that right now, you also receive a 30% tax credit for changing to solar energy through 2019. Call the real May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.